Jesus is alive. He was totally convinced of it. And once he became convinced of it, he was so zealous of carrying it out until nothing could stop him. Shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, none of that could stop him because he had a conviction. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. Now, this morning, we're going to begin in Acts chapter 9, and this is where I believe the uh, New Testament opens up when Paul meets Jesus. And when you look at this, uh, you can just go through the New Testament, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All of these letters were written by this man who was once a serious, serious Pharisee. And Jesus turned his life around, sent him in a new direction, and told him what his mission was, to turn them from darkness to light, yes. from the power of Satan to the power of God. That is a serious mission. And he did it with all courage and boldness. So in Acts chapter 9, it's where it begins. It's subject here is the conversion of Saul. It didn't say the salvation of Saul. It mm -hmm. says the conversion of Saul. And that's a very interesting term. Now, there's three things associated with the apostle Paul's life that we wrote down that we noticed, and I want you to pay close attention. We won't get it all today, but we will. There's his conversion, there's his calling, and then there's this conviction he had. There's his, his conversion, his calling, and his conviction. This is what carried him through his ministry, his conviction, what he was convinced of, mm -hmm. and that is Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He was totally convinced of it. And once he became convinced of it, he was so zealous of carrying it out until nothing could stop him. Shipwrecked, stoned, beaten, none of that could stop him because he had a conviction. Now, I want to express my concern today about the convictions Christians have the strong convictions. Do we really believe Jesus is alive? Do we really believe what we sing and what we say? Are we actually convinced to the point where we would get zealous the way Paul was? But he didn't start out with Jesus. He started out with the belief in Judaism called Phariseeism. I just want to make it very clear that this man is a typical example of what happens when you sell out to something. Amen. He was sold out to Phariseeism. There was nothing he wanted more than for the world to believe like he believed. If you didn't believe like he believed, you were set up to be put to death. And this is what we're going to start with today. In Acts chapter 9, I want to read verse 1 and 2 because that's one sentence, really. Mm -hmm. He says, now Saul, his name is Saul at this time, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters. He volunteered for this <laughs> and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, this was the task 
that he volunteered for. He wanted those who followed and believed in Jesus put to death. That's just straight out. Now, there's a little of that going on today in our belief because if we don't believe like somebody else believed, that causes tension. We have denominations because of beliefs. Mm -hmm. We have different groups because of belief. Now, it's a shame, but it's true that we all believe in Jesus, but we all don't believe in how to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Some people have different things that they do, and some people have things that they say, but this shouldn't be a difference. It shouldn't be a difference, regardless of what denomination or whatever uh, group you're part of. Jesus is Jesus. He paved the way for us, and we should follow it. Now, what Jesus did when we get into this, he had already set things up through a lot of the parables that he taught, but they missed his message. But when Paul got the revelation of it, mm -hmm. then I tell you, it, begins to, it began to change. So I want to stress today that the world today, the church world today, should seek God carefully yes. for a revelation for these times from his word. Amen. Seek God. Seek the Lord for the times so that we could get the revelation from his word. Now, the first thing is conversion. Why did it say Paul's conversion and it didn't say he was saved? Mm -hmm. I've just noted a couple of things. See, Paul thought he was already saved. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Paul yeah. thought he was all right with Jesus. <laughs> He, he thought, well, Judaism, he, he thought everything was right. And if you didn't follow the path he was following, you was wrong and you needed to die. That, that was his thinking. And not only was it his thinking, that the high priests and other officials there, they thought just like him. See, the, the Roman government gave the Jewish council, the high priests and those in authority, it gave them authority over the Jewish people there. They could do everything, but they did not give them the authority in a trial to pass the death sentence. That's why they had to go to the Romans to have the death sentence passed on Jesus. They couldn't do it. So they had authority over those synagogues and Paul was just so infuriated and he asked the high priest for permission to go to Damascus, which is about 150 miles or so away. Some say 130, um, but anywhere it's between 130, and 150 miles. That's not a short distance. It's about a six day journey is what it said. Now, Paul gets close to Damascus to bind people, wrap them up, and change or whatever they use and bring them back to Jerusalem for punishment. On his way to carry out his mission, he was close to Damascus and something happened. Something happened out of the ordinary. Something happened that nobody was expecting. And if Luke hadn't wrote about it here, I'm not saying that it's, it's very difficult, but I tell you what, it's not the ordinary way to be saved. I know a friend of mine said he's waiting for Jesus to speak to him from heaven like he did Paul. This is Paul's experience. Yes. This is his experience. And I believe this was God's way of doing it because of the, the mindset he had, the man he was, the mission he was to go on. And I believe God had handpicked Saul, who later became the apostle Paul, for this mission. It was going to take somebody that was so sold out. Yes. 
to go on the mission that God was getting ready to send him on, you had to be sold out. You couldn't be wishy-washy and wavery, and God picked him. Every last one of us have been picked by God right. for a mission. We came mm -hmm. into the earth for a mission. Mm -hmm. Everybody wasn't called to be in a church, but many were called to be in the field for God. There's yes. some missionaries, mm -hmm. uh, all of that, handpicked by God. Mm -hmm. I never anticipated this. I never looked forward to this. But this is what God handpicked us for. That's he knew saying. what it was going to take in Eatonville. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was in Eatonville. <laughs> but God knew. He knew the times that would be. He knew it was. And so that's why we're saying about the conversion. The conversion comes first. Mm -hmm. We call it salvation. Uh, we call it, you know, the new birth, the new life. And Paul never, at this point in time, never was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot going on here. Yeah. Let me start by saying this. When Jesus spoke to him from heaven, it did something to Saul that he never got over. He talked about it throughout the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. If you have had an experience with Jesus, a real true experience from heaven experience, you're not going to forget that. Mm -hmm. I don't care how long you live. You never forget that, that experience with Jesus. And I think it's very, very important that we pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. So now we look at the word. I want to first, there's a conversion process and then there's a calling process, and then there's a conviction. Now, many people say they've been called by God, mm -hmm. but what does that really mean? Let's start with your conversion first. You mentioned something this week about conversion, uh -huh. saying it is a turning from something, turning True. to something. So mm -hmm. you have to be in something or somewhere, mm -hmm. or something of that nature, for God to call you from. That's right. That's right. I think... And when we look at Acts 9, Bishop, and as you began with the first couple of verses, Luke's in his writing, he really captured the heart mm -hmm. of Saul at this time. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, where the subheading is the conversion of Saul, we have to look at vocabulary of conversion. In other words, it's either religious or moral. Okay. The conversion is. The religious conversion says, I'm leaving behind the idols in order to turn to the true God. Mm -hmm. And morally, you're saying I'm leaving behind the life of sin in order to live according to the will of God. Uh -huh. Now, here's what's eye opening about Saul. Situation was that Saul's conversion was neither religious nor moral. Mm. I say that because as a Jew, his God was the God of Abraham, Isaac and yes, Jacob. Yes, yes. So there was no other God as it was in the Roman Empire at that time. The sun God, the moon God or the, another religious God. Mm -hmm. He was already a believer in God, mm -hmm. but he was wrestling with the spreading of Christianity. OK. And as a result, the conversion, then I would conclude, is that more of a conversion of knowledge. OK. The or revelation of Christ. God sent him in a different direction than what he was taught. What he was taught. Oh, yes, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when Judas repented, mm -hmm. in a sense, he felt godly sorrow for that. But he didn't turn to God. 
Mm-hmm. He felt real bad about betraying Jesus. Then he went out and hung himself. Yes. So yes. if you're going to be converted, whatever you turn from, you have to turn completely Pre- from it yes. and go straight to God. The word of God say, draw nigh to me mm-hmm. and I'll draw nigh, nigh to you. you. Yes. So there's this, uh, there's God's part, then there's my part. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. I tell God I'm sorry for my sins, then I should do what? Turn to him That's right. and not just go on and say, well, I repented. Yes. But there was no turning. Yeah, that's, there was yes. no change that's in your right. attitude, mm-hmm. your opinions. There was no change. You're still the same person. Mm-hmm. All you did was say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and what made Saul's situation unique, Bishop, is that God changed his heart. God changed his heart. That yes. was his major conversion was yes. the converting of his heart. And, and that's when mm-hmm. it all took place. Yes. But mm-hmm. I think it's a wonderful thing here to see how Saul, on his way to Damascus, he was fully committed to destroying the church. He didn't want to just lock people up. He wanted to stamp out the church Mm -hmm. completely. He wanted no synagogue, not unless they were teaching the Torah. Mm -hmm. That's what he wanted. Just Jesus stuff had to go because he's a dead man. And anybody with any sense, Paul, I believe this I was thinking, Mm -hmm. if you got any sense at all, you know, dead people don't do what y'all say they don't. Because according to them, they understood a dead person to be a cursed. Uh-huh. Anyone that died in the no, manner in which uh, Christ did, yes. he was a curse. Yeah. To boot, to add to that, the Messiah, mm-hmm. according to Roman belief or Saul belief, was that the emperor was the Messiah. Messiah. We have you know, no God yeah, but Caesar. Uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so to, to speak of another one, no, we got to stop this. And this is what made him set on breathing threats and murder against mm-hmm. the, those in the way. So Saul was fully committed to destroying the church. But when he was converted mm-hmm. and was full of the spirit, he never forgot what he did to the church. Throughout his ministry, he talked about it. In Philippians 4, Paul says, Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I fall more. And this is what he said. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. Yes. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church as to the righteousness which is of the law found blameless. As far as the law was concerned, mm-hmm. I wasn't wrong. That's right. I was mm-hmm. blameless is what he said. And then he says in First Timothy 1, he writes to Timothy and he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord mm-hmm. who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful putting me into the service. Mm -hmm. I say, wow, you know, that's such a wonderful thing. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, this Mm -hmm. this man was serious. Yes. Yes, I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly Mm -hmm. and in unbelief. My God, ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of God, the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org.